What's up, everybody? I am Travesty. And I'm Cartoon Joe. And welcome back to another episode of this freaking show. It is the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. The same weekly po- uh, podcast that is brought to you uh, by Freaknet Studios. Make sure you check out FreaknetStudios.com to check out all the amazing podcasts we are associated with. Oh, Joey, 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 Joey. Travis, 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 what's up? How you doing, man? You doing good? I'm doing great. I, uh, today was our last day of keto. Yes. And so, uh, since I weighed in this morning, I decided I didn't care anymore. So I had carbs today and it was nice. Well, yeah, the, the, the journey is over. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I myself am excited to, uh, I splurge out on some uh, some non keto, non diet kind of foods. Um, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna wait to splurge on my hopefully still in the uh, scheduled date for this weekend, so I can enjoy myself. Uh, nice with uh, some uh, some margaritas and tacos. Ooh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, there's a. Uh, have you ever heard of insomnia cookies? I have never had it though. Uh. We're finally within delivery range of one. Uh, it's down over on Loyola's campus and it's, it's, you know, less than 20 minutes from us. And so, uh, I got an email from them saying today only they had a buy one, get one scoop of ice cream deal. And, uh, my wife had a kind of a, a rough last couple of hours at work. Uh, I was done with keto. So I thought, yeah, let's order, let's order ourselves. We'll each get a cookie and we'll each get a scoop of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what kind of a ripoff insomnia cookies can be sometimes. <laughs> I got, uh, actually the, the, the one thing that we got that was really, really good was my cookie, which was a salted caramel cookie. It's a cookie that is, uh, it's about five inches in diameter, so it's a big cookie. It's got chunks of caramel in it, it's salty, it was, you could tell it was freshly baked. Wonderful. She got just a regular chocolate chunk cookie. Which, if you've ever had the chocolate chunk cookie at Subway, it's the exact same cookie. Okay. And it was the same. It was cold. It was not fresh baked. Mm. Then, in our, our ice cream dish, which was maybe, you know, maybe two inches tall and maybe about three inches in diameter. Very small dish of ice cream. It had two mini scoops. Uh, she got mint chocolate chip. I got Rocky Road. And, uh, it was maybe, I mean, each, each thing was, was very, it was a very small scoop of ice cream each. And it was both in the same tub. And it was melted because it was delivered by bicycle. <laughs> oh, God, man. And hers, you could tell it had melted and frozen and melted and frozen in like opening and closing the freezer because it had chunks of ice in it. So it's kind of like pre-scooped, pre-packaged kind of ice cream. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's scooped. You could tell it's scooped at the store. Okay. And then, and then packaged in like, like a little cardboard dish with a lid on it. Gotcha. Um, it, it was fine. I'm not, I'm not really complaining about the quality. Except that, would you like to guess what it cost us? Okay, let me think here. A scoop of ice cream and a, uh, a cookie. You said this is on a college campus, right? Up in yeah. Chicago? Okay. Yeah. Ooh, let's see here. Um, I'm going to guess. I'm gonna guess uh that whole order was somewhere around if you include uh was there a delivery charge? There was a delivery charge. Okay. And, okay, and okay. the tax. 
Gotcha. Okay, I'm going to guess somewhere around $22. It was actually just a little bit less than that. It was about 15 bucks. That's still a lot. It's still like, a lot. Like, I was going 22 just because of Chicago, but I guess when you factor in the fact it was a campus kind of area, maybe they're going cheap. 15 yeah. is still a lot for, like, because for two you cookies could, and one scoop of ice cream. Yes. Yeah, because I know for a fact you could go to Burkhardt's right now and you can get a, uh, a a container of M&M, like freshly baked Burkhardt's M&M cookies for five bucks. Yep. And uh, probably a tub, um, like a little cardboard tub of uh, that country churn, whatever, uh, even blue bunny or whatever, you could probably get for about six, seven dollars. So you probably get. Probably about for about thirteen dollars, you get so much more than what you just paid for. How much was delivered? Yep. About four or five. Uh, I don't even remember. It was like two dollars or something. Two dollars. Yeah, and I gave him a tip because he came on bicycle, and it was another two dollars or something. So for two scoops of ice cream and two cookies, you paid seventeen dollars. Basically, it was a well. It was a, let's see here. The chocolate chunk cookie was a dollar eighty-five. My salted caramel cookie, which was the best thing that we ordered, was three dollars and seventy cents. And the buy one get one ice cream was two dollars fifty cents. Uh, so the subtotal was eight dollars. The tax was a dollar twenty nine. Shipping, it says here. The delivery fee was two ninety nine. Uh, the tip was two twenty five. So the total was fourteen fifty eight. Dude, it's not worth it. You know, I got, you know, I got, I got to tell you. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Finish what you're gonna say because this is almost a segue. So okay, I, gotcha. you guys I was just going to say, we used to, when when we were on Purdue's campus, we used to get it all the time, but we never really ordered it. We'd walk over and get it. And, like, honestly, you listen to those prices, it's not bad if you walk into a store and order the cookie there and they bake mm-hmm. it fresh for you. You know, $3.70 is a little much, but, like, it was a pretty damn good cookie for $3.70. I'm just not sure it was worth, you know, the delivery fee and, and, and tip and all that. But uh, it's it's worth it if you if you can walk to the store and buy it in person. It is not worth having delivered. That's all I was gonna say. I got you. I got you. No, I, and and I agree with you. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, the cost of them cookies and ice creams uh, with the delivery and everything that you paid for could have bought you three days at Woodstock. Nice. All right. Way back all in '69. Way back in '69, it was six fifty for one day, eighteen dollars for all three days. Nice. And uh, guys, I bring that up to you because um, me and Cartoon Joe, we're going to talk a lot about uh, Woodstock and everything uh, on this episode. Uh, Woodstock happened, uh, I believe, it was July twenty second to the twenty fourth or something like that for uh, um, back in nineteen sixty nine. Um, and I figured, like, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry, fifteenth uh, through the eighteenth. So I figured. With, you know, everything that's happening uh, with the uh, coronavirus and everyone being shut in and going fucking crazy and people are getting upset about, you know, concerts being canceled and not happening because of the overpopulation that are going to be at these concerts. Why not go ahead and just talk about the concerts? Probably one of the biggest concerts uh, in uh, our country's history. I could say the world, but I believe Live Aid was even bigger. Um, so we're going to talk about one of the biggest concerts probably in U.S. history because uh, Woodstock had about 400,000 people attend their festival during the three-day weekend. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the 1969 Woodstock, the original Woodstock, um, and then uh, I got some price comparisons between the 69 Woodstock and the 99 Woodstock. Nice. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the, uh, the band, the performance list, whatever the hell they call it. Um and uh Joe and I uh we picked uh we picked some people to add to uh to the uh I can't remember what the fucking call, uh, word is called. 
The band, the band list, or whatever festival? it is. The festival list or whatever. Yeah, but there, I know there's a real term for it. God, there is one, isn't there? There is. There's actually, there's actually a, a, a guy. It's like a sh- something sheet. I don't want to say it's like. Ah oh, well. Anyways, uh, we're gonna talk a little about that. Um, I did. I actually did work on this podcast, so I hope you guys really appreciate what I did here because I literally do this once every three years. So. I think the last time I really tried this fucking hard on a podcast um, is uh, when I wrote uh, our uh, our parody of Towards the Night Before Christmas for our Christmas special back in 2016 or 17 or some shit like that. So. Nice. Which, actually, I still have on my fucking notes in my phone, I found out. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, so I, know, I remember how old my fucking phone is now. So, <laughs> we're going to get to all that. Uh, Cartoon Joe has a Star Award to give away, which, uh, little, uh, a little, uh, teaser for you guys. Uh, it's an award we're given within the Freaknet Studio family. Little teaser there. But before we dive into all that, we got to do our segment for, uh, this season called That Freaking Happened. So, uh, Joe, what event happened this week that you would like to share with me? And our listeners. Yes, I'm excited about this one because it reminds me of one of our sponsors, which is Audible.com. And uh, just as a quick little plug, if you wanted to go to Audible.com and and maybe uh, get yourself an audiobook, you could also just do that for free and get a 30-day free trial if you went to AudibleTrial.com slash FreakNet. Yeah. But uh, I bring that up because on this day, June 30th, Way back in 1857, Charles Dickens read from A Christmas Carol at St. Martin's Hall in London, which was his first public reading. And uh, it was something he did very often throughout his uh, his career. Was uh, He'd write his, his very popular stories. It was serialized fiction. It would come out, you know, weekly in the newspaper. And then uh, it would all be compiled into a novel, you know, when it was finished. And uh, he'd sell the novel. And as part of his, his selling the novel tour, he would go and and read it. Um, not yeah. everybody was literate all the time, and it was uh, it was a great way for him to drum up publicity. And as I understand it, he was a tremendous performer. So, you know, you can experience that for yourself in some ways. I mean, it won't actually literally be Charles Dickens if you pick up a Christmas story or a Christmas Carol, but uh, it'd be pretty good. It'd be a good good uh, reader, I promise. Yeah. And of course, um, we uh, we have our own form of that during the month of October when the Freak Joe makes his return and does Freaky Tales. This is true. Yeah. I got a good one for you here, Joe. I'm excited. I'm very excited. It's actually a two-parter. It's a two-parter. I found I found the one, and I found out uh, there was another event. So anyway, this is the first one I wanted, uh, I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about the assassination of um, President Garfield. Right? Oh, dang. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so... Um, so the first one I want to do is, um, July 2nd, 1881, uh, President Garfield's, uh, assassination. So, uh, U.S. President James A. Garfield is shot and mortally wounded by Charles J. Guta. I, mean, I don't know if the last name's right or not, but it's close enough. Guta. At the Baltimore and Potomac Railroad Station in Washington, D.C. Guta believed he deserved an appointed position due to his support of Garfield's presidential campaign. When that did not happen, he decided to kill the president. Garfield died in September after extensive medical treatment. Gutal was apprehended at the shooting and was tried and hanged for his time. Now, 
The reason this is a two-parter, because it turns out his hanging happened on June 30th of 1882, so actually today. So almost a year later, he finally got hung. Oh, my gosh. So Charles J. Gutau is hung for the assassination of U.S. President James A. Garfield. Gutau was angry for rejecting various job applications. He shot Garfield at the railroad station, at the train station, and all that noise. So I had to do the two-parter just because one coincided with the other, and it's within the same exact week, obviously today being June 30th as we're recording, and obviously June 2nd happening uh, was a Thursday. So That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought, we, I thought it was a little fun fact and everything. And I wanted to do it because because of Kennedy, because of Lincoln, Garfield is really kind of... He's often forgotten in the list yeah. of uh, presidential assassinations. Yeah. Him and uh, McKinley. Oh, my God, I forgot about McKinley, too. Everyone does. Garfield and McKinley do not get any kind of acknowledgement for presidential assassinations because JFK and Lincoln not only were obviously more popular presidents than the other two, but the fact that there's all that conspiracy about how their lives are so entwined with Lincoln being shot at Ford Theater and Kennedy being shot in a Ford and Kennedy's uh, secretary's last name was Lincoln and Lincoln's last uh, secretary's last name was Kennedy. Both assassins were known by their three names, you know, John Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald and stuff like that. So, uh, I think we'll do, I think we're going to do an episode about that later on in the future because I do want to go through all the uh, conspiracy theory, uh, um, comparisons between the two assassinations and maybe we'll make a fucking game out of it because we have been known to do that sometimes. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. McKinley. What the fuck is, how did he get die? Not shot twice. Oh, well, we we talk about that later on too. Yeah, we got we got we got. I do I do vaguely remember with Garfield. Uh, hadn't they just invented the uh, like X-ray machine or something like that? And uh, unfortunately, it didn't work for him because he was laying on a metal bed, which made it hard for them to find the bullet. It's it's very very possible. Um, yeah, I don't know why. That's just that's like the one fact I know about him, if I know it at all. <laughs> Ah, uh, see I'm trying to look at, uh, he says he shot Garfield because he had bipolar disorder and, uh, severe effects of syphilis. Oh, nice. Oh, God, for the next 11 weeks, Garfield endured medical malpractice and died on September 19th of complications caused by infections, which were contracted by the doctors relentlessly probing his wounds with unsterilized fingers and instruments. Yeah, I knew it was something like that because they—I I knew the the bullet itself didn't kill him; it was the infection. That's in four months after he took office. The president was arriving and shot him twice. One bullet grazed the president's shoulder, and the other pierced his back. It sounds kind of like he could have survived. Yeah, yeah, uh, under competent care. Uh, just a few honorable mentions. Uh, some assassination attempts and plots were on Andrew Jackson, Lincoln, Taft, Roosevelt, Hoover, other Roosevelt, Truman, Kennedy, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump. Huh. So. You don't Fun hear about all those. You know what? Um, no, I... I any of the Bushes, Clinton, Obama, and uh, Trump, I heard nothing about any kind of plots. Uh, Reagan, I believe, actually was shot and survived. Yeah, yeah. 
Carter, I didn't hear much about. Joe's Ford, I think I have. Nixon, I have. Obviously, Kennedy, um, right. and so on and so forth. Uh, the only thing I ever heard about, like, conspiracy, like, assassination, like, what, it wasn't even an assassination attempt. It was a precaution for the potential of, was when Obama did his, uh, his speech from when he won, uh, was it 2004? Or not 2004, 2008? That he won? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The inauguration? Or yeah, the, not, yeah, uh, the, the acceptance speech, whoever it's called. Oh, the acceptance speech. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, they had a, they had a huge, like, uh, plexiglass, like, barrier between, uh, everybody and him at the, uh, podium. I think I do remember that, because I think it was in Chicago. I, 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 I want to say that that that's true. I, I mean, it would make sense. It's where his political career started. So yeah, I mean, it could be. No, I know he was in Chicago. It's the plexiglass thing that maybe I'm wrong about, but I I, I do believe it was there because I think you kind of see a slightly fraction a uh, reflection when uh, he was doing his speech and all that. Huh. So I didn't know that. Yep. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, just because you know these major assassinations happened, obviously in the late 80s, early 90s, early 1800s, and it's still occurring even here in 2020, or, I'm sorry, 20, whatever the fuck, uh, Trump was last, uh, threatened, 2018 was the last one. He got a letter containing crushed caster beans. I don't fucking know. Don't matter. <laughs> sorry. <We> will... <laughs> like, like they were trying to pretend to send anthrax, but it was just, it was just like dried navy beans. William Clyde Allen, a U.S. Navy veteran, sent a letter containing crushed caster beans to President Trump. The letter did not reach the White House as it was seized by the Secret Service. He sent similar letters to James Mattis um, and Chief of Naval Admiral John Richardson. Alan was oh, arrested. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. It was Ricin. Okay. I, I apologize for making light of that. I I mean, obviously, the guy's a maniac if he's sending things like that in the mail. Yeah. But I just assumed when you said bean that it was like actually like a bean. I mean, that's not, what he said, castor yeah, bean. Yeah, no, that's what it is. It's a castor bean. I just, for whatever reason, I, I, my brain went cannellini bean. Mm. Ooh, like just, Boston I jumped over to the next C like bean. Bushes. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, we'll look at this real quick. Uh, November 17th, I affiliated with the, uh, with ISIS, was arrested, um, by the Philippine National Police, reported planning to assassinate Trump during the Aishan summit. Um, Again, 2016, Martin Stanford, British National, with uh, health, uh, mental health issues. And then obviously even Obama in October of 2018, a package that contained a fabric fabricated pipe bomb was sent uh, to former President Obama at his home in Washington, D.C. So he even, yeah, even he had a life threat in 2018. Again, April 13, you know, people just got to stop trying. Even Clinton. Clinton got like, even Clinton got a fucking package in 2018. Wild. So in October 2018, Trump, Obama, and Bill Clinton all got, uh, death threats. Wow. That is a guy who is impartial as fuck. Yep, yep, nope, he just wanted to kill everybody. Right. I don't know. Which honestly, like, I don't, obviously I would never advocate for the the murder of a public official. However, Fair. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. There's not uh there's nothing noted here that uh they ever the package was sent. So there was uh so the Bush uh the Bush package they got fingerprints off of. Um but nothing about who sent the package to Obama. So I don't know. There's some uh residents 
Caesar Sayok from Florida sent a package to uh, Clinton. So, um, anyways, we're not here to talk about uh, fucking assassinations, because that's the exact opposite of what we're trying to focus on here today. But we will talk about this in the future. Alright, I'm in. This is how this is how I find what we're going to talk about on the right, show. Yeah, Things that pique my interest. Yep. Right? Right? And the whole reason I want to talk about Woodstock is because I'm getting really involved into the Arrowverse DC TV shows. And I love Legends of Tomorrow and all the uh, historic uh, figures that they associate with throughout the show. And Woodstock being one of those memorable excuse me, uh, episodes. This episode of this freaking show is brought to you by BallWash.com. Now, it's no secret that the man's most prized possession also happens to be the most sensitive part of his body. Balls are prone to sweat, odor-causing bacteria, and irritation. Upgrade your balls game with quality products formulated to keep your skin healthy and fresh. Guys, that is where BallWash.com comes in. Go to BallWash.com right now. Check out the variety of products they have as well as kits and subscriptions they have available for you. And when you hit that checkout button and you go to pay for that order, make sure you use the promo code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, at checkout. It will save you 15% on your entire order. That's right, BallWash.com. When it comes to your sack, they got your back. So, we're going to talk about Woodstock. Um, Obviously, if you guys remember, Woodstock was a huge uh, hippie festival. I'll call it hippie. Whatever. Uh, Hippie festival uh, back in 1969. It was a three-day thing up in New York and everything. Um, They tried it again, I believe, in 94. They tried it again in 99. They were supposed to do one in 2019, and uh, that obviously uh, didn't happen. Which I'm not really sure why. I think it was. I, I think it was lack of funding or something like that to where the uh, the 2021 didn't happen. But I do have a list of some of the 2020 uh, uh, performers who are supposed to be there. A lot of them I have no idea who the hell they are. Um, some I do. I mean, the Lumineers are on here. Miley Cyrus is on here. Uh, Akon is on here. Uh, there's just there's just a lot I don't remember, and then some of them obviously are from the uh, original Woodstock, which why not bring them back for the 50 year anniversary? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So um, I want to dive into a we're gonna call it this freaking Woodstock. All right. And uh, what I want to do is we um, we we each picked five bands to put into the new Woodstock now. The original one, I think, uh, Joey, you said, and I, I don't remember the number, it was 32, right? It was a 32 original uh, yes. uh, bands and performers at the original Woodstock. So what I did is I went through and found out which bands or which performers are still active in the music world today. Nice. So they are going to be at this freaking Woodstock. They are going to, they're going to perform uh, in the first day, a little bit of the second day. And then my five uh, bands and your five bands are going to pick up in the end. Perfect. So honestly, that sounds like a great festival, just by the way. Right, right. And a lot, and a lot of these uh, people here and everything, like they, I've, I've never heard of a lot of these guys. The people I do know of, unfortunately, have passed away. Uh, Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, unfortunately, are all gone. Those were the big names that happened at Woodstock. And I actually want to dive into uh, some more money-related things with that uh, here in a little bit. But I want to go through the names first because I want to dive into all the money stuff later on. So, making a return to this freaking Woodstock in 2020 from the original 1969 Woodstock show, 
We have Melanie, uh, Arlo Guthrie, Joan Baez, Country Joe McDonald. Now, Country Joe McDonald actually performed twice, once individually, solo artist, and again with Barry the Fish Melton. So they're actually going to perform together. You know, nice. Country, Country Joe McDonald is old. I mean, and believe it or not, a lot of these people run 70, 80 years old. You know, believe it or not, it's, it's a thing. Um, a lot of the people who did pass away, other than Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix, who both passed away at 27 years old, which, you know, that whole, like, 27-year curse, which I think we'll do that. Joe, make a note. I want to talk about the 27-year curse on an episode going day down the road. All right. All right. And also make sure we talk about presidential assassinations. We're going to talk about death at some point here. Not, I not am today, all about it. Not on, yeah, not in this episode. Um, but uh, Santana, uh, Joe Sebastian, Canned Heat, never heard of it. Uh, Mountain, The Who, which obviously The Who's big. Um, Ten Years After, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Crosby, Still, Nash, and Young, Shanana, and as as a surprise for everyone at this freaking Woodstock, uh, the return of CCR. But they have not performed with each other for like 30-something years. Nice. But they're going to come together for Woodstock 2020, this freaking Woodstock 2020. Call it Freakstock. Freakstock 2020. I dig it. Right. So, uh, huge, huge list. Obviously, you know, you got the, the Who and you got Eric Young playing with, uh, you know, fucking, uh, Crosby, Still, and Nash, CCR, Shanana, uh, Mountain, I know a little bit of, uh, Santana. I, I've never been a huge Santana fan, but I know he's huge. You know, these, these are the guys that are like headliners for like the, the end of the first day and like in the middle of the second day because that's where we're going to start rolling in our people. Um, Joey, you always go first with the stuff. I'm going to go ahead and do my list first. You know, All right. You're, you're going to be the highlight here. So, um, I stuck with, uh, I stuck with a lot of bands and performers that I think would play at, uh, what's that? Cause for those of you who know me, you know, I'm a huge, uh, 80s, uh, hair metal, uh, glam band, glam rock, whatever you want to call it, you know, when you're talking about like Def Leppard and, uh, Kiss, uh, but again, like heavy metal and stuff like that, like Metallica or ACDC, I'm a huge fan of too. But I wanted to stay away from that. I'm also a huge fan of country, and I want to stay away from that too, because country music has country thunder, and it has every year. It has no need at Freak Stock 2020. So I want to stay with like more like the jammy, mellow kind of bands. So I went with the Lumine- uh, Lumineers and Mumford and Son, because I think those are probably the two kind of bands that are current that you could hear at fucking Woodstock. Um, nice. Imagine Dragons, I just really like. I think they're kind of like in that middle of like that mellow, but giving a little bit of kind of pop, kind of like what Jimi Hendrix did for uh, that era. You know, like it's like that mellow, like kind of like, you know, like, you know, peace and love and hippie bullshit, but at the same time, it gives you like that rock and like when he sings like, when he does like Voodoo Child and Foxy Lady and stuff like that. Um, and then to give a little bit of country, but it's more like folk, uh, I want to do Willie Nelson, just because I think with his acoustic and everything, it gives you like a mellow point, you know, a, a mellow low within the uh, kind of like the show. And then obviously I want to do Kenny Chesney because he kind of has like that beach music vibe kind of thing, like with Jimmy Buffett, I think still kind of keeps him in that mellow tone. For so sure. You, yeah. So you have them play throughout the day. You get, you get, um. You get uh, Willie Nelson to open up. Chesney will follow him. You got the Lumineers that will kind of play right with them. As you get later into the night, because that's when you have the Madden Dragons come out and rock the shit out of that night 
you know, and they'll wrap up, you know, that fucking, like, second day or something like that. And then, like, the next day, you can have, like, Kenny come out and Mumford and Sons, and they'll open up for your guys', which, uh, who, who's on your list here, Joe? Let's see. <clears throat> I do feel like I gotta, gotta pick the order here. It's harder than it should be. So, uh, <laughs> I, I definitely, my, I would love my favorite band, uh, to play. And, uh, they're, they're a small band. They're out of Ohio. Uh, they are the Bloody Tint. T-I-N-T-H. Um, they're a great band, by the way. If you're ever, uh, at a bar in, in Lafayette or Ohio, really throughout the Midwest, um, they've got a great set. They do a good job. Um, I, I think it'd be cool to have them, uh, be one of the openers on, uh, on a day at Woodstock. Freakstock, excuse me. Freakstock 2020. Um, Freakstock 2020. Um, I'm not sure that they're a big enough name to, uh, to headline and, and go last and, and be a big deal, but they, they should be on the stage. I think it'd be great to see them, uh, hit a big break like that. Um, and then the, the rest of mine are, are a little bit bigger names. Um, I suppose, uh, I'm trying to think of the, uh, the vibe, the, uh, the direction you want to move in. Um, I suppose I'd want to go from the bloody tenth to, uh, uh, even though he turned down Woodstock the first time, as you were informing me before the show, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like his music fits in the same style as as the Bloody Tenth. So I got to bring in uh, Bob Dylan, who uh, who just released his latest album this last week. Isn't it amazing? Like when you get like some of, like these older guys you haven't heard from in like what seems like a decade, just randomly pop up a fucking uh, album, right? Yeah, with a 17 minute single on one of the tracks, right? I, I, I got. I haven't listened. Speaking to of that. presidential assassinations, that's what the track is about, too. By the way, which uh, whose assassination? Uh, John F. Kennedy's. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I've never, I haven't listened to anything from Bob Dylan uh, since I think times are changing. I think that came out in early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the biggest things I love about Bob Dylan, and it's kind of the same uh, reference to like ACDC, because ACDC started around like the uh, the early 70s and stuff like that, and they released a new album, I think like 08, maybe, or 09, they released Dang. one of the newer albums. So through that entire time frame, they never changed their sound. And that's one of the reasons I love Bob Dylan, because he stays true to his music through decades. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm and he only sings I'm... when he wants to. He doesn't. It's, it's not even singing. It's just like some kind of mumbling. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's poetry to a rhythm and a tune. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess is all singing is, but that's not my point. <laughs> <laughs> if you've heard Bob Dylan, you know what I mean. <laughs> hey, you got to hide your love. God, I fucking love Dylan. Good my choice, man. Like a rolling stone. God. Good choice. Yeah, that was a good fucking Thank you. Thank you. I've I've been enjoying that that album. I've listened to it a couple of times. Uh and then, you know, you you got to get some new blood. I mean, it's a uh it was a a big deal to to be on the stage back then. It's a big deal to be on the stage now. So, I'm going to throw in uh one of my favorite breakout artists of the last couple of years is uh is Billie Eilish. And uh I think it'd be fun to have her. Uh, you know, you put her right in the middle. She's not a headliner, she's not an opener. She's right in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, it's going to help mellow out the evening, I think, because her, her tone and everything is, uh, uh, I think it's a good transition from Bob Dylan to the band that comes after her for me. So, um, I just, I like her music. I like, um, uh, she captures an emotion of the time that I, I just like. It's just, 
I don't know. It, it speaks to me. Um, so then we're going to transition into, uh, one of my other favorite bands and it could just be because of, uh, uh, they really got big while I was in college, uh, which is fun. I love fun. And they've got a, they've got a similar vibe, I think, to, uh, to Mumford and Sons and, and Imagine Dragons. And they're still, they're a little bit My Chemical Romance and a little bit folk music and a little bit, you know, just themselves. And so I, I really dig them. And then, uh, I would end the night with, uh, with, uh, these are all my favorite. I mean, I love all these bands on my list. Uh, Foxy Shazam, which is, uh, they are a tremendous band. They are like, uh, I would describe them. They are like if Queen was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, okay. is their sound. It's very jazzy, very rocky, very big band, but also very mellow. Um, beautiful tones, uh, a lot of soul in their music. It, it, it can soar really high or, or dip really low. Beautiful stuff. So uh, I really love Foxy Shazam. Okay. I'll have to listen to them. Did you ever uh, give me a chance to look at that uh, documentary about Queen on um, on Netflix? Oh. Like the show must go on or something like that? I didn't even know it existed. It's really cool. It's a very, it's a very cool uh, uh, documentary because they, they talk about how. Um, oh God, who the who does who's that kid? Adam Lambert. Yeah, how he kind of took over like that front uh, that front runner. Uh, yeah. Role. I always forget about that, and then I'm reminded. <laughs> well, and it's, it's one of the cool things because um, because he, he even says like in the interview, he's like he's like I'm not replacing Freddie because there is there's never gonna be another Freddie. Right. No. And he admits it. He's like he's like he's like I can never be Freddie. I just have to be Adam. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing, and. And even Queen says, like, you know, like, when they introduce them, it's Queen with Adam Lambert, not just Queen. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really cool documentary. If you ever get a chance, I recommend checking it out. Yeah, I'm going to add it to my list. I hope so. I hope you do. I hope you do, Joe. Anyways. Cool. Um, awesome picks. Uh, a lot of bands I don't know, which is always a cool thing. I mean, that's what this whole festival thing is to do, right? To kind of give you a different musical experience and oh, you know sure. right and, and i and i get like a lot of like you know kids and stuff nowadays who go to festivals may not like know or even appreciate some like the music that was from the original woodstock but you know you got to appreciate the old kind of classics that happened before now because the music we have today wouldn't happen without the music we used to have oh for sure for sure so yeah, i mean everything's an evolution right you know Fuck yeah, Joe. Fuck yeah. Alright, let's take a break away from the uh the Woodstock and let's give away our starboard if you're ready. I am ready. So for our Star Award tonight, I uh I I really admire this podcast. I uh I, I enjoyed its pluck. Um as you mentioned before, it, it was uh it, it is a it is a show from our network. Um, and, uh, I'm really excited to give this award out. It, uh, it feels like, um, in some ways it was a long time coming in, uh, in other ways it, uh, it's, it's maybe not super well-deserved, but you know, I, you know, the, the, this podcast, the, the hosts really put themselves out there and, uh, and, and they really tried to do their best to, uh, to, to perform. So, uh, to Jordan and Lowe, 
Uh, you know, congratulations on, on making it to four episodes. I'm sorry it, it didn't keep going, but uh, the, the Pretty Little Freaks podcast, um, you know, great job. You know, mm-hmm. good on you for uh, for sticking it out for as long as you did. Um, as we've talked about many times on the show before, um, you know, you you most podcasts don't make it to eight episodes. So mm-hmm. uh, you gave it a shot and uh, it didn't work out. But uh, we did we did want to uh, tip our hats to you and uh, congratulate you for trying because that's you know, that's that's uh, the battle is is making the effort to start. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, uh, you know, like it. Yeah, it didn't work out, but it's no fault of anybody's. It's just it wasn't the right time for that kind of uh um what's the word? Uh structure, I guess, but it wasn't it wasn't the right time for the the concept that we're going for. Which yeah, is I mean it's, it's understandable. Yeah, it's understandable. I mean like the whole focus of the podcast was to get uh dating stories from anonymous people and you know, it just it happens to turn out that a lot of people aren't as open to sharing experiences as I thought, which no fault of their own. A lot of people are sheltered nowadays. I mean, between cyberbullying and, you know, just regular bullying in general, people are judgmental and some people still allow that to get to them. Nothing wrong with it. It's just how they choose to live their life. So yes, it didn't work. Um, I say it's a, it's over forever. No, no, you can never, you can never say never, you know, you never say never where the fuck that phrase is. Or right, something. right. Um, but, uh, Lo is looking at, um, building and creating her own solo podcast. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of luck to her. Uh, Freaknet Studios is here to help her out in any way she can as far as promoting and help her gain everything started up. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, lucky to her and congrats to, uh, Jordan and Lo for receiving the Star Award. Again, long. Some people can look at it long overdue, and some people can look at it as like, you know, like, well, you know, maybe you should give it to them sooner while they're still kind of around. But, you know, well, we give it to who deserves it. Right? Yep. Good or bad, right or wrong, if, you know, you get it for a positive or a negative reason, it doesn't matter. At least you tried. It's yes. like that one guy. Like that was that, what was that fucking Star Wars we gave a few years ago where some dude wrote, like, Ohio on his roof? Oh, my God. Like, yes. <laughs> I, I forgot that, about that guy. Yeah, I think just to mess Skype, with people. Yeah, I think Skype got it like three different fucking times. Yeah, they've gotten it a lot for being real shitty. Yeah, uh, fucking uh, Fear and Clint. Uh, which you know what? Shout out to Fear and Clint, by the way. Uh, some some friends of the podcast that we haven't really talked to in a while. I know Clint has taken a hiatus break away from podcasting, so I can't wait for him to get back into it. And we do need to get him back on the show to do some uh. Uh, God, what's it called? Freaking Flicks or whatever we call that segment we haven't done in a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Freaking Flicks. Yeah. And, uh, and Fear, along with MDI, his wife, they're looking at, uh, releasing a new podcast, uh, themselves as like an official couples podcast. So, uh, shout out to them. You know, fucking like, you know, you know, fucking like, you want to give them the Star Award again too, just for the hell of it? Just right now? Yeah, just right now. Yeah, why sure, why not? not? Let's right? throw in right? Fear and so, MDI. Yeah, so so Fear and MBI, you know, Star Wars, you guys for for rebranding and bringing back, you know, your guys' podcasting chemistry into something new and exciting, kind of a couples thing, which is really awesome. And Clint, I want to give you a Star Wars too, just because even though you're on a hiatus from podcasting, you're still doing your uh, your streaming and all that stuff, and still kind of moving forward in social media. Okay, we we like to award people, man. Yeah. And the best thing about all of it is, like, nobody ever asks for one. 
They just earn right. it themselves. Yeah, because if you a- if you ask for it, how weird is that? You know, it's like true. right, like it's like, hey, how come I don't get awarded for that made up fucking award? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Does it mean that much to you? Yeah, yeah. You just got to be on my radar about it, you know. Yeah. You guys, you know, I mean, really, you just you either have to do something exemplary or you have to fail so miserably I, at just it, at being yourself. It's one way or the other. There's no there's no fine line. No, yeah, have, you can't. There's no medium award for this. It's yeah. it's it's success or failure. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point of following your start, in good or bad, right or wrong. You followed it, and right. you failed. Hey, we'll still give you a star award. You succeeded. You still get a star award. Maybe one day down the line, when freaking studios is up and running, and we're fucking huge, or I win the lottery, whichever one happens first. Maybe we'll get true fucking awards, and we can ship them out to fucking people. Oh, I would love to do that. That'd we can so make an fun. entire star award night. It could be like the fucking so, Oscars. So many people would be so confused. Right? <laughs> right? Like, what the fuck is this? And we just literally put in there in parentheses, like Oscars, but not. Yeah. Yeah. The Joes. <laughs> Alright, so uh, congrats to all five fucking recipients of uh, this month's Star Award because that's that's what we did. Oh yeah, let's <laughs> let's get back to Woodstock here. Uh, so yeah, so as we mentioned, Bob Dylan uh, originally turned down uh, playing at Woodstock. Uh, some other people who uh, are well known that turned it down: um, Simon and Garfunkel, Led Zeppelin, uh, The Birds, The Doors. Uh, John, Len- uh, John Lennon and uh, the Rolling Stones all uh, turned down playing at Woodstock as well. Um, I looked up the ans- uh, the information on why they did. It was nothing more than just not being uh, in the country or working on an album and stuff like that. So they had other plans. It wasn't like a protest in any way or nothing negative. The only person that it was almost like a protest is John Lennon said that he wouldn't. I keep on saying John Legend and I don't know why. John Lennon refused to play unless they gave a spot to uh, Yoko Ono to play. And Woodstock oh, said, yep. and Woodstock said, nope. Yeah, you have to be good to play Woodstock, man. Mm-hmm. Yoko Ono. Yeah, so. Sorry, uh, Yoko. Yeah. Um, well, other than that, Rolling Stones didn't because Mick Jagger was in Australia. Um, let's see here. Uh, Bob Dylan turned it down. Because uh, he was playing the Isles of White Festival of Music in August. So he had something else preoccupied. Uh, the Birds he chose not to participate. Claiming that Woodstock would not be different from any other music festival. So, yeah. Nice. Um, a lot of other people, though, they did talk about money. Uh, a lot of people weren't happy with the amount of money they were paid Oh, uh, uh, back in the day. So, Weird. Money yeah. was worth a lot more back then. I'll be honest. Yeah, and surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly to some people. Oh, God, where the hell is it? There we go. Artist payouts. So some of these numbers may surprise you, some of them may not, but I just want to give you guys an idea of how much money people were paid um, at Woodstock back in the day. Um, So people like Santana got about $750 per band member. Melanie got $750. Joe Cocker got $1,300. Grateful Dead got twenty five hundred per person, uh, and these actually uh, actually have uh, current amounts. So Grateful Dead's twenty five hundred and sixty nine was about sixteen grand uh, around now. Uh, Crosby, Still and Nash and Young got five thousand apiece. Uh, the Who got sixty two hundred dollars apiece. Jefferson Airplane got seventy five hundred apiece. Janis Joplin got seventy five hundred apiece. 
CCR got ten thousand dollars a piece, or equivalent to sixty-five grand nowadays. Uh, highest paid was Jimi Hendrix. He got paid eighteen grand to perform. Wow, which is equivalent to about one hundred eighteen thousand dollars today. That's incredible. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So as we're sticking on money, I just want to give some kind of a other acknowledgments to the difference between 1969 Woodstock and 1999. Some of these are true fact. Other of them are kind of like goofy little spoofs. But uh, cost to attend in 1969 was $650 for the day, $18 for all three days. Woodstock 99 was $150 plus service charges. Wow. Uh, what was free in 1969? Love. You know, it was free in 99s. Looted camping equipment. <laughs> uh, what was burnt out by the concert end? Uh, 69, an untold amount of marijuana. In 1999, huh. a dozen trailers, a Mercedes Benz, a small bus, a number of vendor booths, and portable toilets. Wow. Clothing was optional at both. Uh, Crowds in 69 enjoyed mud pits, where in 99 they enjoyed mosh pits. Uh, state right. police were called in 1969 uh, to close the throughway for the concert. Uh, 99, uh, I'm guessing this is a, it says blouses to be opened. I'm assuming, I don't know what the fuck that means. Moving yeah. on. Service. Uh, see, in 1969, food services, hog farm free kitchen, and 30,000 emergency sandwiches prepared by the women's group of the Jewish Community Center of Monticello. In 99, bottles of water were $4, single serving pizzas were $12, and they had a beer garden. Nice. Let's uh, see here. A uh, little fun fact uh, going price for two authentic Three-day Woodstock tickets currently on eBay going for two fifty-five. Uh, tickets from ninety-nine Woodstock going for twenty-five dollars. Hmm. Irony. There you go, Jeff. Uh, Jefferson Airplane played at the sixty-nine Woodstock. The ninety-nine Woodstock was held at Griffiths Air Force Base, home of the Northeast Air Defense Sector, former home of the Four Sixteenth Bomb Wing. Huh. Ironic about that, 99 was, uh, uh, was set up at the Air Force Base. 1969's Woodstock was pretty, min pretty much, uh, created as an anti-Vietnam War. Hmm. That's it. So. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is ironic. Um, surprises at Woodstock in 1969, uh, Canned Heat, Tim Harden, Country Joe and the Fish, 99, Limb Biscuit, Three bat, third base, pulp, uh, and full double jacket. Breakout musicians in 69 with Crosby, Still, Nash, Melanie, and Santana. In 99 with Dave Matthews Band, Godsmack, Kid Rock, Corn, Moby, and Rusted Root. For those of you who don't know who Rusted Root is, if you, uh, watch Matilda, you know who Rusted Root is. So. You do? Yeah, they sing the, uh, the theme song. Oh, boy. Uh -huh. I would like to. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, me and uh, me and Colin listened to that a lot when we road trip. Nice. Did I mean, it's a great song. It's a great road trip song too. Yeah. If there's one thing I could, I'm, I know for a fact about Colin is, if we ever go on a road trip and I give him my iPod, I know we're gonna listen to Kansas City by the uh, Basement Tapes. Um, on my way, 
Oh, uh, no, it's not called. It's Rusted Roots. Uh, I can't. I think it's called On My Way. I can't remember. And um, uh, Hurt by Johnny Cash in the big three. Nice. Send Me On My Way? Yes. Yeah. Send Me On My Way. Send Me On My Way. Uh, iconic Song from 69, Freedom by Richie Haven. 99, Fire by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. Anthem of the Generation, Woodstock by Johnny Mitchell in 69. Uh, 99, Summer of Love by the Bacon Brothers. Nice. Famous, famous last words in 69, three days of peace and music. In 99, it's Woodstock, burn the wood. Alright. Alright. Uh, shit. You know, I wish I knew more about the 99 Woodstock. If Woodstock happened in 2019, would you have gone? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. I've never been to a music festival. I would like to have gone, but I've never been to one. What are you freaking thinking about, Joe? What am I freaking thinking about? I am probably freaking thinking about uh, a movie that I watched last week and was freaking thinking about last... Well, actually, I was geeking on it last week. Uh, <laughs> this is a geek-ass life, Joe. I know, I know, but it's just, it, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's the, I've, I've never enjoyed a movie quite as much as this. And, uh, I watched it again last night with my wife. And, uh, then, that woman, what, it's, what? That woman movie or whatever. What's her name? Yeah, it's, uh, an, e- an evening with Beverly Laughlin. Yeah, that was, uh, that was your freaking thinking last week. Was it really? Ah, yeah, sorry. Mixing it all this, up. This, this, Cause I can tell you exactly what you did. You're going to talk about how you're freaking thinking on the keto diet, but no, you wanted to change your mind. And you talked about this. Movie. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm talking about it again because I watched it again <laughs> with my wife last night, and it was it was just as good the second time. Um, it was really really enjoyable. Okay. So uh, I I really highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's an hour and forty eight minutes. It's really good. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, I got you. Uh, I'm freaking thinking about um, hopefully this fucking date happens this weekend because it'll be uh. Biggest thing is going to be my first date since this whole COVID thing. Um, but more importantly, it's going to be like my first like real date, uh, since, um, my last relationship ended. So I'm really excited for it. Kind of a motivational thing to uh, move forward, which, um, we talk online. We haven't got a chance to meet in person, obviously, but if I, if I, if, if I get deduced from what I've seen in Snapchats and stuff, I think she does keto. Nice. Yeah, really cool person. Um, so hopefully it works out. And if it doesn't, I'll be up north. And if I get fucking blown off, I'm just going to go hang out with you. We could uh, go kidnap uh, Derek since uh haven't heard from that fuck boy in uh, a couple months. So Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll kidnap, uh, we'll kidnap uh, former uh, uh, audio editor uh, Derek. It'll nice. Be It'll be a fun little adventure. And well, we'll be required to wear masks, so we're already halfway there anyways. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Joe. <laughs> yes. Every week our listeners will catch Cartoon Joe here on this freaking show. But if an hour a week of Cartoon Joe just isn't enough for our listeners and they need to get more Cartoon Joe, where can they go? 
If you need more Cartoon Joe, you can find me over at the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. Excellent. Guys, make sure you pick up some of our merchandise over at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Search TFS. Right now, um, actually, let me pull up some information for you guys, because I do believe right now TeePublic is doing a sale on uh, masks. So let me go ahead and uh, check that out real quick. Joe, what is all these messages you sent me? Oh, I was just, uh, I was sending you the, uh, uh, I was I was sending you some commentary on the show as it was happening, and then uh, I was sharing with you my favorite albums from, uh, uh, I was sending you the most recent Bob Dylan album, and then my favorite album from Foxy Shazam. Oh, thanks, Joe. Yeah. Alright. Uh, ooh, okay. So for the next 24 hours, so, or 22 hours, I guess, from right now. So, I guess 7 p.m. tomorrow, damn it. Um, anyways, uh, face masks are 20% off on T Public. Uh, I'm gonna release this show July 1st at 6 a.m. So, I don't know, what that, like 12 hours maybe or some shit like that. So. Uh, we'll post it up on our social media. Maybe if our Facebook followers, uh, see it and they want to order some masks and everything, T Public is doing a 20% off sale on masks. You can pick any of our designs, put it on your mask and wear it out and support the podcast. Uh, again, T Public, T-E-P-U-B-L-A-C.com, search TFS, pick up your merch because we have more than just masks there. Uh, again, a special thanks to Ballwash.com for being a sponsor. Ballwash.com, promo code FreakNet at checkout, save yourself 15% on your entire order. AudibleTrial.com backslash uh, FreakNet will give you a 30-day free trial plus a credit to your first book purchase on Audible. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at This Freaking Show. And our show drops every single week on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Just by searching This Freaking Show. And that's all I got, guys. As always, I am Travis And I'm Cartoon Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of This Freaking Show. I'm out.